cliffcentral.com. All right, all right, all right. We've got lots of things to get to and to talk about this morning. It is a live Thursday, as always, lively Thursday, and the burning platform is our chance to catch up on the big stories of the week, talk about all the important issues that are going to affect your life. And Pumi has already got a notebook out. She's working uh, tirelessly in the background. She's de- no doubt got questions and all kinds of research to bring to bear. I want to welcome our first guest to the Burning Platform this morning, and I'm thrilled to have her on for the first time. Uh, Jasmine Opperman is a qualified risk analyst, holds a master's degree in history at the University of Johannesburg, so we're going to get on like a house on fire. During her tenure as provincial head of the Eastern Cape, she engaged in senior government liaison, inclusive of premiers, MECs, and ministers. She was also commissioned as a senior trainer in the Intelligence Academy, focusing on analysis, operational analysis, counterterrorism, low-intensity conflict, and intelligence management within a constitutional democracy. Since then, she's uh, compiled weekly and monthly insights and forecasts on extremism and political violence in Southern Africa. Very, very valuable contribution to our knowledge of what's actually happening on the ground. And there's a lot of extremism that we need to be aware of. Uh, in, in sub-Saharan Africa, we know that this is a very real problem. So Jasmine, it's good to have you on. Thank you so much for joining us. Can you hear morning, us? Morning, uh, Gareth, and morning, Pumi. Pumi, in terms of your fantasy, I agree with two rooms. The one must be a library, no open floor. I want to be left alone in a world of books. That's all <laughs> very, I want very to Very good. Very good. I noticed, uh, Jasmine, I noticed also that you uh, you had your cigarette out just now. Feel free to smoke during this show. I, I, I have grown up. I grew up in a house with both parents who smoke. Uh, I'm, I'm sad to say that in the media we see too few people having a cigarette every now and then. I think it would calm people down and they would be much more valuable to us if they just had a ciggy every now and then. <laughs> Uh, instead of being bullied <laughs> everywhere they went just for smoking. You know, Gareth, um, we're talking serious stuff, but I, I, I maintain that the most successful policy ever by the current government has been the smoking policy True. because smokers obliged. Yes. We're actually very kind yes. people. And I, as a non-smoker, tried to stand up for you guys, and you left me at the front of the battle and disappeared uh, off into your into your little uh, caves and dwellings and houses, and left me to try and fight on my own for something I didn't even do. So I, I give up on smoking. I'm not going to defend you guys anymore. I see that they're trying to propose another bill as we speak against the people who vape, but we'll leave that for another day. So let's just get into it. No, that's uh, another discussion. Jasmine, there's a lot to talk about. Um, Let's start off with what your primary concern is at the moment and and what you're often asked to comment on and and do analysis of. How much uh, religious and political extremism do we have in Southern Africa and where are the major threats coming from? Um, Because we don't talk very much about terrorism. You know, we had a guy in here the other day who was telling us about Pagad and how that all went down in the 90s and the early 2000s. Um, though that's more of a gangsterism thing in some ways, but terrorism that's correct. Terrorism yeah. in South Africa is, is something which, which seems an arm's length away. Is that true, or are we living in this, um, in this cloud cuckoo land where we think we're immune to the stuff that's happening in the rest of Africa? We know about Al-Shabaab and Boko Haram. What is our state of play? The state of play in South Africa, and I've always maintained that if we talk terrorism, we must look beyond the act of actual violence. Mm -hmm. Is the presence of various extremist groups that is exploiting organized uh, criminal networks for terror funding. And here, um, 
might be a bit controversial, but let's call it for what it is. If one looks at Hamas, um, has received funding from South African soil. Now, many people argue Hamas is not a terror organization. Uh, uh, it's an irrelevant question for me in the current climate that, uh, that is happening. But in South Africa, we are definitely seeing a presence, even those that went to the caliphate in Syria and Iraq and returned, mm -hmm. because the conviction to that ideology goes beyond committing an act of violence. It's supporting. In Southern Africa, Mozambique is the key focus and has been keeping me busy now since 2015-16 with the Islamic State opening the door and in the region confronted for the first time the violent face of an extremist group that is using a local insurgency. Hence, South Africa was grey-listed that was part of the reason is that money laundering and terror financing mm -hmm. is taking place. And yes, we might have the policies at play, but it is not being implemented or we don't see enough successful prosecution, which is a fair argument because the court cases simply fall flat. Um, the recent case at the Mall of Africa with Abadiga being taken mm. by the special forces in the so-called exercise, so coincidental, at the same place, at the same time. And up until today, we don't know where he is, although I'm convinced that um, he was taken by the Americans. Um, but that is just merely a hypothesis. I well, do not have the facts. You know, one of the things that we have heard a lot about, and it, it re is something that keeps re rearing its head, Speaking of funding terror organizations, is as we see the network of spaza shops in rural areas and townships increasingly becoming foreign owned. And most of those foreigners either coming from Pakistan or coming Somalia. from Somalia, areas that are funnels to kind of terror terrorist um, organizations and operations and the fact that all of this money is possibly being channeled back there and that South Africa is being used as a money laundering hub because of the sophisticated banking network that we have and because of the laxness of our security forces and our um, law enforcement agencies and that's why we got downgraded. Jasmine, <clears throat> to Pumi's point, uh, what you're saying is very, very serious. Do our government take it seriously? Because they're equivocating on the whole situation in the Middle East at the moment. Well, not even equivocating. They've stated very plainly on which side they are. Um, and clearly, they are not particularly concerned, or we would have seen some arrests and we would have seen the, the um, criminal justice system be brought to bear here. How, what is the scale of South Africa's either financing, cozying up to, or giving succor to terrorists in this country. What's the scale of that? Do we have any idea? Jasmine, can you hear us? There must be a hell of a delay. Not sure. Seems like she's live. Jasmine, can you hear us? Hmm. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, I think Just we've lost Jasmine. There. Look, <clears> and <throat> I, when we do Ryan, get her back... Get her back. 
and when we do get her back, one of the other things that I want to talk... And over the past couple of weeks, we have had people coming into the show and talking to us about the places between where the, the policy and where the policy is supposed to be hitting the road in terms of implementation mm -hmm. and where it's fallen apart. You know, just talking about the story with Pagat and what's happened and how that was systematically stripped out of the police force. What I would also want to check in on with Janice when she comes back on. Jasmine, Jasmine when she comes back I'm on back. the line. I'm, I'm not apologizing for that. Did you that hear the last question? Did, Did you, you hear, hear my, last, my question? last question and Pumis? Yes, I am back. Okay. Let's hear your response. I apologize. Um, uh, uh, Gareth, can you just repeat the last bit? I will respond to Pumi So just now. Uh, the scale okay. of, of all of this, because it's uh, evident, Pumi, it's evident we must that... must be careful. Sorry, sorry. I, I'll repeat, uh, I'm I'll repeat at the end. concerned when we refer to foreigners uh, coming from Pakistan, coming from uh, Kenya. There are three countries to which... I'm sorry, Gareth. Uh, we're looking at Kenya, we're looking at DRC, and we're looking at Somalia. Those are the three primary destinations uh, that, that receive terror funding. But we must be careful when we refer to foreigners being present in South Africa. I mean, most of these foreigners do not support these extremist groups. And that we have to be careful that we don't categorize them. I mean, the main person involved in terror financing for the Islamic State owns businesses in Johannesburg. And I'm not going to mention names due to legal implications. A very prominent person uh, that is uh, born and bred in South Africa. So we have to be careful that we don't put a blanket over these foreign communities. Then secondly, Pumi, we have a sophisticated banking system, but the terror funding sidesteps the official banking lines. We are talking about pay points. Uh, we are talking about money transfers. It's easy as to go on a website of a terror group, there's a donation button that you click and you transfer money. Uh, without an indication that it's support for a terror group, but for a charity organization. Terror funding is extremely problematic if you don't have cooperation from other intelligence services. Because if you have the transfer, has that money ended up in the hands of extremist groups? There you need the cooperation. And hence we see a persistent struggle in finalizing court cases around terror funding. Hmm. Sounds extremely complicated. What What is the scale of this thing? That was my question earlier. How big is it? Uh, you know, what, what, what's, the, what's the amount of money we're talking about that is transferred between all the various people who may be participating in this and these organizations? Or do we just have to thumb suck and guess? Uh, Gareth, can I be honest with you? It will be nothing more than a guess because most of these transfers are not being recorded. Most of these transfers that go through is not being done by the actual, there's no identification of the people involved. And then the destination of those that receive the money is also not always known to our local authorities and to us as analysts. But if I look at the scale of organized crime, if you look at the recent drug busts that has taken place, which is a small amount, if you talk about an organized 
con- uh, organized criminal economy mm-hmm. that is three, four times bigger than our GDP. Mm. We can just work backwards mm. and then ask how much of this ends up in the hand of terror groups. Jeez. And that is where we stuck with. I d- Gareth, I cannot give you an amount because I will be then get super guessing. <laughs> but if you look at Al-Shabaab in Somalia, mm. one of the financially best uh, aligned terror groups on the Africa continent. Mm. If you look at the Islam, and remember Al-Shabaab is AQ aligned, Islamic State has got now realigned its financing. The main affiliates gets 40%. Islamic State in Mozambique gets 20% being distributed in a formal structured manner. These terror groups are, I want to call it, functioning like international companies with their own goals and objectives. And I mean... uh you know, northern Mozambique, it's it's not even controversial to say that, that much of northern Mozambique is outside of the control of the Mozambican government and is pretty much being run by these terrorists. Gareth, if we talk Cabo Delgado, yeah. um, with the Rwanda deployment and with the Samum deployment, Makumia, oh, I'm not going into all these names, um, it's just confusing. But at the end of the day, that they have taken a hammering by the deployment, specifically by the Rwanda forces, has put them on the back foot. And Salman's presence has made a difference. The problem is that the Islamic State extremist ideology is finding home. And as we are seeing now, they are recruiting, they are gaining new fighters within Mozambique. They're cooperating with Islamic State Central Africa province in terms of training. And we have seen 24 IED incidents the last 12 to 18 months, which we have not seen before. So the sophistication is adjusting. You can deploy as many soldiers as you want. You will not kill the idea. And we've seen with the Mozambican elections, with Relimo and how they perceive the government and we are sitting with an endless gravel road in this region. What I would like to know about is Mozambique is right next door to us. And it's ideology crossing borders is not a difficult thing, right? And kind of watching the the crazy space that we're in, in social media, and how even the, the fake news can travel so widely, so quickly. And bringing it back home to South Africa, considering what happened in July 21, how prepared are our intelligence forces to kind of recognize, identify, and respond to any kind of terror operations making their way into our country? Uh, be very uh relevant question and mind me going around Cape Town answering that. (laughs) An intelligence service or intelligence product is only as good as the actions being taken by the institutions with an execution mandate. You can have the best early warning if the government is not responding or deciding to take action you have a problem. 
if one looks at the last American terror alert, which it went crazy, but the response to that, I had to give the government a compliment. Oh. Highly unlikely that the terror attack was being planned. Let me be clear on that. We know how intelligence is being used to push and pull foreign policy and diplomatic sure. relations. And the Americans need an enemy, mm. even if they have to create one, but they need an enemy for yeah. the foreign policy objectives. And I'm not being anti-American here, I'm just being realistic. But in terms of a terror attack, if we talk about your lone wolf attack, yeah. a person this morning deciding, listen, I'm going to kill a Jewish family. Let's talk about what's happening in Gaza, uh, in Israel. The likelihood for any intelligence service knowing that is extremely small. Yeah. If an organized crime syndicate, and we know they are present, I know of four or five syndicates uh, or cell that are definitely aligned to extremist ideologies. And I'm bringing in uh, groups like Hezbollah, and I will not be popular in the corridors of parliament uh, by saying this, but these groups, extremist ideologies, and they are present in South Africa. There, the intelligence service can play a definite role, but will the powers to be? Gareth, it takes me back to your question. How does government view terrorism? And that defines our policy. If you look at our national security bill now, I mean, good Lord, churches being vetted. Mm. Uh, it takes yeah. me back to apartheid South Africa where we had a communist behind every bush. Now we have uh, a threat behind every bush and even churches come into play and even NGOs come into play. Stop constructing threats and let the intelligence service guide you to the actual threats. Don't securitize unnecessary. But in South Africa, terrorism is a sensitive topic. We need to move beyond that. We need to understand that people that are committed and convicted and do believe in these extremist ideas do not represent a community, a faith, or by any people, majority people out there, and actions has to be taken. So we need to live out of our history and not get caught up in our history when we talk terrorism. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. What Hamas has done on 7 October are acts of terror. Mm -hmm. Let's be clear. Listen, what, what Israel now is doing can simply not be justified. It cannot be justified. Oh, it, it is terrible what is happening there. But by simply taking sides, we're not getting anywhere. If we are that concerned about the Palestinian issue, which so, by the way, is not a priority for Al-Qaeda and the Islamic State, as they don't uh, support the Palestinian nationalistic objectives. But if we are so concerned about what is happening in Palestine and we have Hamas in South Africa, what are we doing to build the bridges and seek some pathway with Israelis that do not support the current actions that's taking place? But instead of black and white mindset, the same applies to any other terror group. Have we there. got, but have we got the capacity? to respond locally? Have we got the capacity? Even if we take away the issue of whether they want to or not, have we got the capacity to when there is credible intelligence, does the state 
have the capacity to respond appropriately? Uh, Bubi, it's, it's a very difficult question to answer. If there's intelligence available from, let's take South Africa's special forces, military perspective in dealing with the issue, I do believe there is sufficient capacity when we talk special forces in South Africa because it's one of the, our strategic crown jewels still at play, mm. although Abadiga has really hurt them badly. But wow. from a police perspective, uh, from a main law and order perspective, if we cannot even deal with Shebins yeah, and with gangsterism, yeah, that's true. How are, how are we going and that is our problem. If we talk about our prosecution capabilities, if we cannot even conclude a terror case, Berlin KwaZulu Natal, the Tulsi case was a CI-driven operation, mm. and we couldn't conclude that court case because files just vanished. Yeah. And that collusion mm. is weakening our capacity at all levels of society. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jasmine, I'm going to have to let you go. And I thank you very much for being part of the show this morning. Some interesting insights that you shared with us here and, and, and reasons for us to really be very concerned. Um, but I hope we'll, we'll chat to you again soon. And thank you for your participation this morning. It's great to have you on the show. Thanks, Gareth. Thank you, Pumi. And Very open good. that library, Pumi. I'm coming to visit. <laughs> very good. I only Thanks, have Jasmine. one room. <laughs> Thank you very much. Jasmine Opperman and uh, some interesting thoughts there. Uh, lots of things that made me very uncomfortable. Cliffcentral.com.